All right. So like you said, it is Saturday. Thank you so much for having me, Latasha. You know, thank you for just the opportunity. I know we're welcoming new people to come on. So like you said, I am Keisha Battle Houston, and we'll talk about, you know, a few things today, uh, maximizing personality and communication styles in the workplace, but not just workplace, client management, relationship management, it is all crucial, and that is the specialty in what I do. Um, I work with a lot of clients with small business entrepreneurs, startups, nonprofits, that just talk about the so many issues that they have with clients. So my job, you know, is to work with relationship management first and foremost to just say, you know what, that's the title, bottom line me. What is your bottom line? Are you, you know, able to increase profits or decrease profits because you are not able to communicate with your clients? Are you not doing well because you, you know, like you said, you're dealing with personality and communication conflict. So that's my role is to be able to say, you know what, let me come in and mediate so that we can talk through this and make sure that you guys are all maximizing your personality, all maximizing and understanding who you are and whose you are. I am a Christian life coach as well as a minister. So like you said, I am executive business coach as well. So I want to make sure that people are understanding that, you know, we have to be mindful of who we believe in, make sure that we are understanding other people's values. And that is very important in this particular presentation, just understanding communication and working with someone you know, off the, you know, off the books to say, hey, I need to check my personality, I need to check my attitude, I need to make sure that I'm understanding who my client is. And I know that's a lot to work with. But there are times where you really need to pay attention. So that's why I created this presentation to be able to say, you know what, okay, what is the bottom line? How can I better, you know, posture myself and pivot when I need to adjust my personality and meet their communication style. So there are some agendas, but you know, there is a quick break to ice, personality, attitude, and then communication, quick and easy. I'm very informal. Like you said, I will send the PowerPoint presentation uh, PDF right after so that you guys can take a little bit and listen to my podcast if you wish. I do have a bachelor's in communications media and an MBA in digital entrepreneurship. It means that I am always, always thinking about how to better you know, be an entrepreneur in the digital technology world, whether it's, you know, understanding business, understanding um, technology, you know, how we use digital media to, you know, boost our presence, but then also working on those, you know, self-awareness and self and personal growth things. So that's what I've been doing for a long time. My husband and I are relationship and marriage mentor coaches. So that's part of our marriage mentor, uh, mentorship, as well as our, our ministry. So we do that together to save your marriage before it starts. So all of these things play a part when we're learning about relationship management, client management, and just working within the home to better ourselves. That's why this is so great for SBC, because it's mind, body, and spirit, and it's encompassing everything that we need. So um, I will skip the background. But next thing, icebreaker. Anybody can chime in, or you can raise your hand. So first, how do you really define communication? I'll see if anybody wants to answer. <laughs> How can you define in communication? No takers? It's okay. I define communication as a two-way street, so to speak. We talk with someone. We can show our body language. We can show our facial expressions. We can show everything that makes our communication 
whole, whether it's in mind, body, and spirit. And how do you define personality? So our personality is what makes us unique, what brings us out and shows what we want and who we are and who we want to be. So when you have those clashes in the workplace, it is very difficult to be able to check your attitude when you are, oh, let me see who's in the chat. Oh, yes, definitely expression, expressions. So yes, so at the end of the day, you know, I am not always good with showing my, you know, poker face, so to speak. And there's been times where my coworker said, hey, you know what, um, you, you don't look too happy about my response and I'm not going to, you know, keep, I'm going to keep it real. Trust me, we got to laugh to keep from crying. That's our motto. So I'd rather laugh it off. I'd rather talk it off. I'd rather keep it real with you than to pretend like I'm okay because my face will tell you I'm not okay. So that is definitely a way to be able to, you know, show people, but then it can work positively and it can work negatively against you. So those are things where people kind of are triggers sometimes and we have to be careful about that guys we have to be able to say you know what how am I looking practice in the mirror if you have to I do it so you can too so the next question is do you think technology has helped or hindered our ability to communicate with each other definitely Give me a second definitely wow because people don't aren't open to communicate with one another they they do but um it's easier sometimes to just send a text message or send an yes. email Exactly. And of course, with this new Teams, we have Zoom, we have all these different things. And come to find out my co-workers, you know, the last contract, they decided they wanted to use my personal phone to text every morning at 7.30. Good morning, team. And I'm just like, not used to that. So I'm used to being on Teams. I'm used to checking in via email. We had to do, you know, with DHA, we had to send an email every morning. And my team leads says, oh, I don't want to do all that. We barely use it. And I'm like, oh my goodness like I am a techie so I want to use this system and then there's texting me on my phone at 7 30 god forbid you don't chime in till 8 he's like are you working you know so I'm like well my personality is a little bit different I can be shy at times yes I love to talk but when it comes to my work I'm focused and I want to stay focused and at seven o'clock in the morning I don't want anybody texting me you know so it's like the number one tool that we use to communicate Yes, right now it's our phone. You know, a lot of people use it as a computer. It's no longer a flip phone. I used to tease my dad. He's almost 78. He says, yeah, I just upgraded to a smartphone. You know why? Because he wanted to FaceTime his grandkids. You know, he wanted to get, you know, up to date. And of course we would tease him because we said, hey, dad, technology, you know, has been upgraded. You know, you complain nobody's texting you or you're not seeing the text. So you're thinking it's spam. Well, how about we upgrade you and we get you a, a, a newer device so that you can be able to have a tool where you can text your grandkids and stay in the know and, and FaceTime us if I can't get over to you so that you don't feel like you are alone during you know the pandemic and then now that we're out. So number three, you know, share, I know we've shared answers, which is awesome. So if anybody has anything else, Ms. Yolan, do you have anything else? I see you joined us, Gaudisha. No, I think those are big ones. Thank you. Hi, I'm just listening. I'm just finishing a 3K. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. So you guys, 68% of people say they're personally wasted time as a result of communication issues in their business. What do you think about that, Claudisha? Uh, 
Because you know, you've been, like, you're in HR. So oh, just me. The whole <laughs> texting you at 7.30 in the morning saying that started making my skin crawl. I was like, no. Okay. Not, <laughs> Every yeah. morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. If the communication that we're having is not effective, then a lot of times then we're right. just, you know, talking at each other. It reminds me yes. of um, Charlie Brown when yes. the teacher would mark, 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 Exactly. Yeah. So like you said, it definitely, you know, hinders sometimes we, you know, when we're using, you know, a communication device that some other people may not be comfortable with. And even if they weren't comfortable with it, a lot of the team members, it was a five of us. I was the only one who said, I'm not comfortable with you texting my personal phone with work, you know, classified information, even if it was unclassified, I still felt that we needed to keep it on the, you know, the approved system. And this is, you know, how we, you know, bumped heads in government consulting. So personality conflicts at work, how, how do you manage it? So personality conflicts and clashes at the office cause tension and reduce productivity. We all know that. And yes, it can be difficult to reconcile different work styles and value systems. Okay, what is what are some examples of a value system? Somebody give me something. Mm. So essentially the beliefs that they have. Yes. Um, essentially, I consider it the foundation from which you essentially. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So of course, you know, we, like you said, I prefer to work alone. I've been in, you know, analysis for over 20 years, government consulting and contracting, and I'm used to being in a team environment, but I also prefer to work by myself. I love remote work because it doesn't, I don't have to talk to anybody. You know, yes, I am. I love to talk guys, but when I, when the camera goes off, I'm in my shell again. I am literally an introvert at times because I'm so used to talking all day long. And then I, when I want to, you know, retreat. I don't always have that ability. And people say, oh, you're a little standoffish. I said, I'm, I'm okay with that. I've owned up and I'm accountable for my work style. And I'm trying to, you know, accommodate your work style and your value system. So yes, it's important for us to get along with our colleagues. But then I also recognize, you know what, this is a team, I do need to, you know, adjust to their personality, who they are. And I literally spent, you know, uh, almost nine, you know, like you said, nine weeks, trying to kind of pick out who was what, what role did they have, you know, what did they do? I literally, unfortunately, have to because I know the type of person I am. I'm not going to take just anything. And at the end of the day, if I'm a new person that coming into an environment and you're hiring me for business operations or improving business processes, that's part of my role. I need to look and see what personality conflicts are existing, what role do we play in this team of five, and how we can best get along with each other. Relationship management, right? Right. So if you're losing patience, which I have done plenty of times, yes, I'm Christian, but I'll just, mm, what's this song started from the bottom now we're here. That's me all day. I'm still PG County. I'm still hood inside. Trust me. I live in Owens Mills, but I am still a human. I am still in my flesh at times. So I do lose patience. I'm not perfect. And there are times where I'm just literally you know, overwhelmed. I'm not afraid to say it because so many people are coming at me. Somebody saying, hey, well, I used to do this before I got to you or you got here. And I'm like, okay, thank you. But you're no longer doing this anymore. This is my role. You know, so it's like trying to project and not be as aggressive, but then also, you know, understanding like, hey, this is a process. So yes, before I say anything, I regret 
to the guy or the woman in the next cubicle, yes, I use my own advice on how to deal with some of the common conflicts. So how to read body language. I'll run through these right quick. Language, body language is the one way of communication we can pay little attention to. So oftentimes others hear something from our body language that we didn't even know we were saying, and it can come back to haunt us, right? So some experts say that up to half of our communication is conveyed through body language. As you can see, I talk with my hands. I like to move. I smile a lot. I am usually joy, joy, joy when I'm talking about something I'm very passionate. But you will know when I'm upset about something or something in my feelings about something because, yes, Tasha, it shows on my face. Trust me and believe. I'm quiet most of the time, but when I'm upset or something's really not fitting right in my spirit, oh, people will know it. And they're like, uh-oh, we crossed our the wrong time and I'm, I'm trying to work on that trust me I am a work in progress and I'm learning to bridle my tongue because trust me I, I don't want people to disrespect me I want them to feel comfortable you know I want them to feel like they can trust me I can be dependable so I am learning how to read my own body language so that I can be aware awareness is key on how to read yours as well as somebody else's because we have to take the own speck of our own eye until we be able to assess somebody else's, right? So learning to read body language can help understand what someone's really saying. So can you hear me now? You remember that commercial? I love that commercial because at the end of the day, it was, it was saying a lot of things. It was like, you know what? You, I want you to hear me, but then I want you to hear me, you know, and hear me. So mind, body, and spirit is how we read each other's body language. So learning to read body language can help you understand what someone is really saying. Conversely, learning to use our body language can help you communicate your message more effectively than mere words alone. So what's one way, guys? Some people look aggressive. Some people are attentive. Some people look bored. Have you ever been on a, a Teams meeting or a Zoom meeting, uh, a project meeting, and somebody's look like they don't even want to be bothered, they don't even want to be there? That is one way that we feel like, oh, wow, we, you, you have to be careful what people perceive. And those people who are closed off, we can tell sometimes when people are closed off, but then other times it could be part of who they are and what their body language is saying about them. So of course we already know elementary is for it's a form of nonverbal communication that utilizes our body. So it can be anything from facial expression to a stance. Sometimes you know our kids will hold their arms folded across, or you have you know an adult kid at work having a tantrum. So many people can talk in animated fashion like I do. They use their body to communicate their thoughts. That means I you know I you can tell I love to smile. I am just like hands everywhere. My husband teases me, but like you said, I am a huge hand talker guys you know so I have constant motion but honestly it helps me enter with my anxiety it helps me yes I have anxiety about different things and you know like you say my way of understanding what I'm saying so it helps me to process so it's actually a coping mechanism I used to be very shy and didn't want to talk to anybody when I was younger so I would you know go to church I would talk to people and I would be like hi you know like really really withdrawn because I didn't trust anybody but now as I've gotten older I've learned how to use my body to calm me to keep me at bay and to make sure that everything that I'm dealing with I can process and be able to deliver an adequate message to someone else so yes I use my hands to 
convey information, emphasize a point, and also to keep the story moving, guys. Yes, people can be very deceptive with their body language. So you'll see somebody and they're like, you know, and you're thinking one thing, but you know, like, well, no, I didn't say that. Or I didn't mean that. Well, your body's saying something different. So at the end of the day, you know, how do how am I supposed to know? And of course, we have our defensive people. Oh, we have a chat. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, you are. Yolanda has, Yolanda says, good topic with all her hand expressions. Correct. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> So yes, so we all do a lot, a lot, a lot, but we have so many times where we are defensive. Even I have moments where I'm defensive and we're just like, wait a minute, that's not true, you know, but I'm learning how to, you know, use my words, communicate, body, like you said, mind and spirit to be able to use my words carefully and to not make others feel hurt or a, a type of way. We have those who are dominant in their body language, where you'll be in the office and your boss will say, hey, or your client will come up to you and you're like, hold on, you know, I'm not feeling your vibe. You know, let's 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 work this through. Let's talk it out because, you know, sometimes they can get upset or they can, appear, you know, like you said, appear um, or make you feel like you, you're in danger. And, you know, your spidey senses will start going off and you're like, hold up, wait a minute. You got to be intuitive and also discerning to make sure that you're in a safe environment, especially when you're getting into an argument with a client or, you know, a, a co-worker. So that definitely, you know, plays a huge part. And then, yes, we have emotional coworkers. We have emotional clients who really, really, you, you know, they get very passionate and then they, it comes out so emotional and they're really, really upset, you know, with you and you're trying to diffuse this and they're looking at your body language, you're looking at theirs. And then all of a sudden you're just like, what just happened? So, of course, it can get a certain attitude basically off of posture alone. So that's why we have to also check our attitudes. We have to pay attention and do a, a checkup from the neck up, as they say, so that we can make sure that we're not conveying an incorrect message that what we're really trying to say. So, of course, our slumped shoulders around their back with our head hanging down. Yes, sometimes people are sad, they're shy, and we see it all the time. But then other times they may not be, you know, wanting to be bothered, but, you know, they may not be tired. You know, yes, I've seen many people tired and sleepy on Zoom, and I'm just like, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I keep telling myself I'm not judging because I don't know what they're dealing with. I don't know what's going on with them. But then, yes, yeah, sometimes I ask them after the call, are you okay? You know, I do a wellness check. I'm different. Trust me. I'm a success coach at heart. I do check on people and make sure that they're okay because of the issues that I've had with mental illness and mental health. And I want to make sure that I'm not missing any signs or if they need some assistance, we can get them help. So, of course, you know, guys mostly firm walk with their chest puffed all out, their shoulders raised and their head held high can be interpreted as confidence or even arrogance and sometimes even anger. So we do have to make sure we're paying attention. So when someone has his or, arms, his or her arms folded across their chest, yes, this position tends to be understood as standoffish or unfriendly. We've seen it all before. So that's part of the evaluation. We evaluate ourselves, we about others, and then we also watch their greeting. You know, how do people speak to you? Are they mumbling and grumbling? Are they have an attitude, you know, of displeasure? Are they upset? Or are they open to you? Are they getting, you know, wanting you to be open to welcoming them? 
or are they on the ready, ready for something to pop off? You already know. Somebody's always ready for something to pop off, jump off. We always have those, you know, type of people. There's nothing wrong with it, but we have to be sometimes be, you know, like you said, be also ready. But at the alternative, we don't have to be on the lookout for something to go wrong or something to jump off or, you know, be that anxious to where we're always on hinge or on edge. Those are the type of things that we are definitely need to pay for and pay attention for. So general principles, people, examine your part. The most effective thing you can do is to acknowledge what you are contributing. Yes, I say you, I don't say anybody else, what you are contributing to the situation. You can control your own feelings and responses, even if you have little influence over your coworkers. Develop compassion. Yes, I say compassion. If your coworkers' habits are troubling you, imagine what they're doing to them. You never know what they're dealing with. Just like with your clients, you never know what they are dealing with. Sometimes it takes that social interaction just to do a checkup, to be like, you know what? Are you okay today? Do you need something? You know, what can I do for you? Because we are supposed to be servants. We are supposed to serve each other as well as be served in return. So you may find it easier to accept their flaws when you remember how you struggle with your own and think positive, think positive, think positive. There's more of your colleagues than the quirks that bother you. It could bother somebody else, but focus on their strong points and what they contribute to the workplace. You will appreciate them more. Any questions? If none, I'll keep going. So listen closely, guys, as you're listening to me, let your coworkers know that you can, you can care to prevent under, uh, misunderstandings. So you can ask them to discuss their differences and work on solutions together. I had an, um, an opportunity to do that with one of my coworkers. She was upset with me thinking that I was, you know, the odd man out where everybody else are financial analysts and your business operations analysts, what makes you so special? And I had to breathe. What, what is really going on? What, what, is, what is underneath this? What are the underlying issues? And what did I do to trigger you? And then she came back and said, you know what? I'm so sorry. It wasn't you. It was me. And she went to tell her entire life story over our lunch break that we only get, you know, an hour. But I listened to her. I said, okay, let me put my life coach hat on, take my co-worker hat off. And I definitely gave her the compassion that she needed. She went on to tell me her mental health history, you know, past military history. And then I started beginning to understand what she was dealing with. But and then I also let her know, well, do you know in the same token, you made me feel like an outsider because yes, I'm using my feelings. Yes, I'm accountability and, you know, owning up to my stuff. I said, well, you've made me feel some type of way because you didn't welcome me with open arms. You were, you know, disruptive. You were, you know, like you say, discerning and giving me all kind of grief because you wanted what the position that I was doing. Well, technically, that's unfair to me because at the end of the day, you are the one who is supposed to be helping me and mentoring me as a new person on the team. But she did everything in her power to stop me in my tracks. And it was very frustrating. And I would pray every morning, you know, that God would just reveal what was going on inside of her because I knew I was like, wait a minute, I just got here. I haven't even been here a whole month yet. And you're rebuking everything that I'm doing or putting a stop to everything I'm doing or wanting to critique and, you know, micro manage every little bit of tasks that I had to do and yes I had to reach out 
I sent an email, but then I also talked to her on the phone. And then we all, she didn't want to do Zoom, but I did offer to do a Zoom. And then I did make sure that our team lead knew what was going on. And he offered to do a meeting and she says, no, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. Let me talk to her, you know, one-to-one. So that did help us to set boundaries, which is number six. So our efforts to make peace were stalling. And it wasn't until three months later, we finally broke down and said, you know what? We're going to agree to disagree, but I'm not going to allow you to disrespect me. If I ask you to do something, there is a reason. I don't need to explain anything to you. And at the end of the day, you have to respect my wishes. Something as little as I don't, I prefer you not to text my personal phone for unclassified information went from, oh, she doesn't want me to text her. And oh, how dare she? Emotional. And I just said, wow, uh, really? This is where we're going? Hold up. You know, like, wait a minute. You know, um, not not today. And, you know, I had to catch myself because, you know, we lose patience. Yes. And that was that one situation. I would tell my husband, like, hey, I know this is off the record, but I really need you to, you know, touch and agree because I'm ready to, you know, pop off on this person. And I know that I can't do that because I, this is my reputation on the line and this is my contract and I don't want to lose it. So therefore I had to set boundaries with her. I had to limit my interactions to just the business essentials. I can't be friends with everybody at work. That is not my part. That is not my role. Just like I'm not always friends with my clients. There is a client to management consultant relationship client to success coach relationship just as long as we don't we can't be friends with our you know premarital couples or our marriage mentor couples we cannot be friends because that boundary gets crossed and that's when we start understanding that this is not going to work so you either have one or the other or you agree to disagree that you're going to have things go on so again listen closely reach out and set boundaries that's how you maximize communication. So quickly, the percentage of communication tools with clients, 7% is mostly face-to-face. -face. Some is some give or take. 7% said phone. 30% said online chat. And 31% said email message. That was retrieved from project.co. Anybody got anything different? I know most people do more face-to-face, -face, but with the digital technology, this is what most people rated and what, what they surveyed. I know for me, I do a lot of online chat, not so much as email messages, but my online chat is with my Zoom. It's with my you know chat box for people who do uh, the counseling as well as the coaching. A lot of people want to chat. They very, very rarely want to do face-to-face -face now. And I'm okay with that. So with coworkers, yes. You know, email, they said email was the most widely used way people used to communicate with their colleagues. Just under a third of 30, 31% of people say they communicate with their colleagues primarily by email. This is very closely by the 30%, of course, is the online chat. And of course, you know, on and on and on. A lot of people use the Zoom, the Notion, WhatsApp. They even use the Google Meet. And they prefer that right now because this is where we are. So once again, now we're moving on to confronting personality clashes right quick. So all I can advise you is to ask for help. If you're unable to resolve the conflict on your own, bring in a third party. 
bring in your HR, bring your boss, bring your team lead, or ask for a mediator to be able to work out your concerns. They want, they want to intervene on your behalf. Or like you said, they'll recruit an outside mediator like myself. Listen to your coworkers. Listen, listen, listen. We all heard that mean. Listen, listen, listen. Listen, Linda. You know, we say that a lot, but we have to listen to our customers and listen to our coworkers. Learn what they need. Never, ever, ever assume. You know what they say about people assuming. I won't say it out loud, but if you're serving, you always know what they say because we never want to assume or listen to previous interactions, gossip, hearsay. My motto is no grow and show. Once you know, you can grow and then you can show that you're better, that you're greater, that you can come out of this, that you are proactive instead of being reactive. You're showing empathy and you're showing understanding. Recognize their issues again. Be prepared to take a different approach if your conflict is based on something other than personality traits. I have a recent client that I just started working with. She has a wellness company already, not even a couple months in, she and her business partner are having a dispute, a conflict resolution. One person, you know, didn't want to hire this other person. They could not agree. And all of a sudden it went into an emotional just battle and a disruption. So now they're actually working on what the other partner wants to withdraw. Do you not understand how much money is in, involved in this and leasing the building and you know putting the work in to having the landlord reconstruct all the you know wellness rooms? So much has gone into this for that person to work on their, you know, their emotions, allow and build up and build up and build up to, oh, you have messed up my entire dream. So I was brought in to kind of work on their relationship management. And it did, like I said, at the end of the day, I can't be everybody's salvation. I can't be everybody's savior. I'm okay with that. But at least we tried. And now I refer them to someone else who can actually dissolve their LLC to be able to get their paperwork in order. I'm providing a checklist to my client on her behalf, referred her to an attorney so that she can get the justice that she needs and to be able to move forward with her other businesses that we're working on. So she's recognizing their other issues, but it took her time. She thought she was her friend and I'm okay with that. But I let her know that she has to be very careful about her research, about looking at people's past histories, their background checks. Yes, I said background checks. Sometimes we need to pay attention to what people have been through in their previous business and make sure we search to see if any history of what they've been going through be, you know, is, is a repetitive motion for them or repetitive action. And if there's something caused by different, something different than your business goals, as in their case, definitely created that friction. So if you are with your client or with your workplace uh, co-worker and there's friction or conflict, you're reducing productivity. That's the bottom line. You're not being productive. You're not making profits. You're losing for the company. That is the bottom line. And people don't like that. So bottom line, what's your questions? The first question I have for you is how do you deal with a co-worker who thinks they're a know-it-all? Anybody? Or client that knows everything? Any takers? Kahisha? Oftentimes for me, it's a matter of allowing them to voice their opinion and their okay. thoughts and their feelings about things. And once a lot of times people have the opportunity to get that out, right? Then you can really look at and understand what's really going on. So 
I think that was a good point that you gave earlier also. Thank you. Okay. And Latasha, how do you deal with a, a difficult client or someone who thinks they know it all better than you? I'll come back to you. So what happens when a little venting turns into chronic complaining? Anybody? I think you've got to kind of ascertain the situation and determine whether or not that's something that, you know, if it's a coworker situation, you have to understand how much of your energy and time and space you want to give to that. Okay. Right. You know, determine what the real issue is and try to deal with the root cause of the thing because everybody's emotions aren't worth ours. Correct, correct. So that brings me to, like you said, developing better emotional intelligence. So a lot of people don't really know what that is. AI, like you said, came up with, you know, came up with that term with just understanding the, the why behind your emotions pretty much and learning how, you know, what triggers you and being able to pay attention and be aware of your emotions and understanding how it's affecting other people around you for the most part, and how you relate to them. So that's what emotional intelligence is. So for me, developing better emotional intelligence is all these things. It's just understanding, you know, that I don't know it all, understanding that I'm not perfect and turning it back to me that I don't want to get into a venting situation or chronic complaining type situation where I'm showing my displeasure, whether body language, verbally, you know, getting to show that part of me that I may really just not, you know, need to be showing, you know, my personality is unique. I'm different. You know, I'm assertive at times. I'm also, like you said, just, you know, really poignant when it's you know getting something done I want to finish what I start you know all these different things you know make me up some days I can be OCD and then other people are just the opposite you know they take their time doing things and they want to you know use their emotions as you know on where their emotions on their sleeves and there are times where you just don't have the bandwidth guys to do that and it's very frustrating because you have to you know like you said just go inward sometimes to better understand, like, look, there's nothing I can do with this situation. I need help. I need to ask for help and be able to mediate this so that we can understand, okay, you are this way, I'm this way, but we can learn how to agree to disagree. We can learn how to look at who you are, look at who I am, look at how you communicate. And yes, we have the DIS profile. A lot of people are taking, uh, their companies are paying for them to take the DIS personality test. I do something a little bit different. It's called Yada. And it's like you said, to know thyself. So we do a Yada assessment that gives the um, student or client the opportunity to assess where they are, whether they're asserting, whether they're, you know, laid back, whether they are, you know, communicate well with others, you know, how do we communicate in relations to others, not just their personal relationships, but work relationships. And then, you know, how far are they willing to go to go the extra mile? You know, how are they in their careers? Are they just beginning and middle towards the end? Are they starting over, starting their own business? So it's just giving us a, a blueprint and a mind map, so to speak, so that we don't melt down when it comes to dealing with difficult people. Once we understand, I truly believe ourselves first, then we can learn how to navigate other people to see, okay, wow, 
well, they are assertive. So maybe that's no, I, I don't get along with them or they think they know it all, but then, yeah, sometimes I do too, you know? So it's like learning, you know, who you can navigate around to be able to deal with, you know, their different uh, perspectives, their different views and how they're, and how they're going to work best with you. So with that said, key takeaways, we're almost to the end. <laughs> be humble. Think before you speak, act with tact, and stay on track. And of course, attitude with gratitude. Keep in mind that they may be trying to compensate for their own insecurity in some cases as my coworker. So being drawn into an argument and be firm if you want to discourage unsolicited input. Know that each time you miscommunicate, it costs the company. It costs you. If you're an entrepreneur, it costs you your bottom line, your profit, if you have to take a step back to reevaluate, it takes time to do that. So once again, maximize personality and communication styles in the workplace, key actions. Remember to stay on schedule. A colleague who misses deadlines and arrives late can hold up the whole team. Let them know their actions affect others and interim deadlines can help keep projects on track. Avoid griping. What happens when a little venting turns into complaining like we just said? You may be able to help a coworker who tends to see themselves as the victim. Try to validate their feelings while encouraging them to take responsibility for their actions on their solutions. Reduce the drama. Maybe you find mood swings and intense emotional displays unsettling. If your office starts to feel like an opera company, drama club, take a deep breath, maintain your calm member, and breathe, sometimes breath. Lighten up, it's natural to feel undermined when you're being micromanaged, it drives me crazy. But it usually says more about your supervisor than it does about you. You might need to be able to head off the situation by giving them detailed updates to eat their, ease their concerns. In my case, I had to give, you know, weekly updates, daily, week, you know, and also we had to do a task uh, request to be able to, you know, submit, you know, reminders and outlook, you know, finding out, you know, the team matrix that we had to submit every Monday. So it's different. Everybody has their different nuances and we have different systems and we did have different beliefs. So want to know your personality type? Then come on over and take the Yada assessment to see how you relate to others versus how you think you relate to others. And that is how you maximize personality and communication styles in the workplace or client management. And that's your call to action. Thanks for engaging guys and ladies, ladies. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> listen, listen. That's listen. my main problem there. Listening, listening, okay. listening. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. We all have it. <laughs> Any questions? Great job, Keisha. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. Like you said, this is what I do every day. I am always, like you say, available 10 to 5. Um, 
Mr. Veta Henderson says nonverbal is my issue. Okay, well, like you said, I work on that as well. Like you said, we all have, you know, different things that we need to improve and it's okay at whatever stage you are. Like you said, I am definitely open. Um, you can take a look, my information is down. You can always reach me at coachme at mrssuccess.coach.com. And also, like you said, I have subscribed to my newsletter. And then of course, of course, of course, just for our SPC uh, VIP members, I definitely want to offer an opportunity for a, you know, introductory free call for me, just to discuss, you know, you can say what your personality is, and different issues that you may have with either co-workers in the workplace, or, you know, client management, or relationship, man uh, relationship matters, which is marriage mentoring as well, so that's about it, guys, mm -hmm. and ladies. <laughs> I can't see. Where? I can't see. Hi, everybody. Hi. This was awesome and so much Aww. confirmation, Latasha. I don't know how many times I have to tell you, love you, love you, love you, for everything that you um, that you do for us in preparing us in this world of adults and adulting. Because sometimes we got to go back to move forward, and I really do thank you for pressing through with this session because starting work y'all praise the lord y'all after 16 years i'm back in the government hallelujah amen congratulations Yolanda. and i want to thank each of you for preparing me for that and this was just confirmation today about being verbal and not being afraid to speak but how you speak and like you were saying um latasha about listening taking the time to listen to what's being spoken because a lot of times we miss it in translation. And I thank you for that. We have this rotational uh, briefing every week and I'm learning so much from it because it's not a beat up session. It is an encouragement session. And I love it because there are timelines and, and everything just flows. And if it's not, there's that communication that you normally don't get. So I thank you for this and giving me the comfort level to be able to speak up because sometimes I would just sit in a meeting and not say anything, but have so much to say afterwards. And sometimes just saying congratulations or no question is letting them know that you're engaged. So to speak, good morning, good afternoon. Thank you for this meeting. Thank you for this update. I, I want to thank you for this, um, teaching me how to, even with my kids, working with them and communicating with them and not getting upset all the time when I want to. <laughs> but it is coming to a place now where I'm on, the op I'm on the receiving end of all of that yelling. Now they're yelling. Now they're fussing. Wow. And That's I'm having amazing. to show them how to react. So I, I thank you. Thank you again for this session. I'm glad you got something out of it. <laughs> and I got to piggyback on Yolanda because I, I put that note in there to listen because one of my things, I know conflict and clashing with communication for me, because I've always been the person where, um, like if I know the topic that we're discussing and I'm like, all right, let me prepare my response or prepare my answer. And I've learned that you better shut up and listen or stop, <laughs> stop making your bullet points in your head and listen. 
And I know that helps a lot when you just take that pause and taking it. And like Yolanda said, doing that, you know, even just saying a hello, that, that creates a, you know, that impression that I'm interested in what's about to happen. I'm going to be engaged with you. Like even small things like that, just taking a pause to have those moments. But I say, listen, 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 because that will help prevent. And then, the, of course, you mentioned a body language. When you were calling my name, I was actually um, in the middle of telling someone about their body language. Language. And so I was hearing my name and I'm like, I got to jump back in here. But um, he needed to hear that because he was having a clash in communication with someone else. And I'm like, your body language is what caused this problem. And shoot, you need to jump on this Zoom with us. But I appreciate this. And um, I appreciate you being flexible with your time and everything with all my issues at the at the last session. But this was really, really good. Everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. 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 I think Q, were you jumping on? And I didn't know if you were unmuted. Well, no, I just think it's beautiful because Tasha, even what you talk about, I was talking to some high school students about that same thing yesterday. So the topics that you share with us, Keisha, are not just for work, not just, you know, that's something that starts early, something that starts early in life and we don't even realize it. So kudos, kudos, kudos. Thank you. I appreciate it. It is, it is definitely, like you said, I Definitely love communication. Like you said, just being able to, you know, work with the couples and the, you know, premarital couples, singles or clients, you know, I mean, people don't realize how important it is. Like you say, I don't, you know, talk as loud as other people do, but I'm like, I am careful about what I say, when I say it, how I say it. And I'm very um, intuitive to paying attention to who is around me. You know, I want to be be respectful to them and be receptive, but then it's just like, they're like, wait a minute. I can hear you, you know, I can listen to you talk all day. And I'm just like, yeah, but I need to hear from you. I need, you know, your feedback. I need you to be able to, you know, work with me instead of working against me. And I'm just like, look, man, we can accomplish more if we work together than apart. So it's just like, you know, coming, coming, gearing those different issues that we have it's like wait a minute you know number one everybody doesn't have the same belief system everybody doesn't have the same work style but we can determine what we can do together Mr. Veda Davida oh I was just going to say this was very good I'm glad I came on because I'm just now in the past three weeks have gone back into the office after being well, yes and no. Uh, <laughs> um, it's so good like and it's bad. I like I like the interaction, but it, you then have to you have you have to shift because when you have people face to face, you know you have to make sure that you know that body language they can see your hold everything that's going on. So you have to shift. But for me, it starts out preparing in the morning. You prepare yourself, leaving all the old trash behind, you know, making sure that, you know, your mind is clear, you know, from a Christian standpoint, I get in tune with God so that I am producing and showing myself as a light for those negative people, as, you know, the leader, as the head and not the tail. But, you know, you have to know how to lead, you know, not always bossing people around. You're just the whole nine yards because there's a lot to maneuver. All the things that you said, it's a lot. But, you know, we have to do it fluently. And so I appreciate you breaking it down and just reminding 
me, you know, to watch every single thing because it can make you or break you, especially if you're trying to climb. I'm not trying to climb the ladder. I'm at the ladder. I'm at the top <laughs> tier that I want to be at. Okay. I'm not going any further, five more years and I'm out. But um, if you're trying like. to go forward, then or in anything you're trying to do, it's important. So I appreciate um, what you said. Thank you. You're welcome. Like I said, if you have any other questions, like you said, if you have any, definitely coach me at MrsSuccessCoach.com. Like you said, I definitely would love to, you know, give your feedback and like you said, you know, let you know if there's anything I can help with. I definitely will be available. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so, so much. I'm going to stop recording and we will get this out to our folks. Thank you so much, Keisha, and you yeah. all enjoy your weekend. I guess hey, the- Tasha. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 